What's up, world? This is Jesse Rich with Jesse Rich Podcast, and today I have a guest star, so I call him. He is a buddy of mine from work. We work as security guards. and um, Armed security. Armed security, I'm sorry. Uh, he likes to throw that part in there. Um, we're going to do like a little q and I'm going to give you all a heads up. One of us is very prepared. The other one is not. I'll let that go to your all's imagination. Also, good morning to the Friday drivers that are listening. We're just trying to kick back, take it easy, and have ourselves a fun one. Hey, Kaiser, you want to say anything? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? All right. Do you have any questions you want to start with? <clears throat> yeah. So I was the one prepared, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> Thanks. You didn't prepare at all. Throw me under the bus. <clears throat> so, so like, first question, like, what first got you interested in podcasting? To be honest, I'm not even going to lie. I don't follow any podcast, per se. Um, I follow... Critical Role, and I watch a lot of their stuff. They do a D&D, and I know a lot of their side stuff is like podcasts. Like, I believe Matt Mercer's guest starred on podcasts before. But to be honest, I just wanted to check out something to do with my free time outside of work, and streaming and podcasting is kind of just what I jumped into. And I didn't know, and this is a shout-out to them, Anchor is free. So that was pretty cool. We are sponsored by Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. <laughs> No advertisement on this one. That was it. <laughs> um, okay. I got one for you. Okay. You're a military boy. Okay. Why'd you do that? So, <clears throat> the reason I joined the military was it is a family tradition, per se. And in my family, it's kind of expected of you, at least because we've had, in every single, I guess, major conflict that America's had up to World War One, we've always had someone in the military in every, you know, every generation so it was kind of expected of me and it was really pushed hard and i really wanted to do it too because it's a wonderful experience so that's that's how you advertise for it right that's there how wonderful <laughs> wonderful hey, experience they're recruiting right now join the air force though that's the top-notch branch the chair force yes is what i've heard some people call it because y'all lazy well, at least we're not semen in the navy you know? <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say <clears throat> nice so um let's see What's your favorite alcoholic beverage, straight or mixed, and why? All right, so, damn, that is a really good one. Um, well, you know, I've been into the craft beers because yes. of our boss, um, so I'm really into that. But as for just drinking straight, Old Camp is never heard of it. by far my favorite. Is that um, a whiskey? It is a whiskey. It is a uh, peach pecan whiskey. Made by the singers. Yes, that's right. I'm giving them a shout out. Florida, Georgia line. They actually produced it. And okay. it's a very sweet whiskey, so it's a good sipper. Um, I do like some other ones that burn, like um, bourbon and stuff. But if you just want to kick back, relax, you can drink a whole bottle of Old Camp just chilling. Now, do you put that? With, do you put ice in that or do you just drink that straight? I normally like it with ice. Um, I did a shot a long time ago during my bachelorette bachelor party we did ours together and it was called liquid cocaine and it was like 12 different hard alcohols mixed together or something in a giant shot glass like the double size ones it was like a soda suicide per se per se and i drank it and it burnt my throat so bad that afterwards i ordered i told the guy i said do you have any mixed drinks with milk in it because I need to calm my throat down. So now when it comes to alcohol, I know I'm going to show my bitchiness here. 
Um, when it comes to alcohol, anything that burns too much, I don't like to just sip on or shoot. Um, but as for my favorite mixed drink, oh, there's so many to choose. I think my favorite that I created, and you all can use this, I call it Christmas Surprise. And what it has in it is a shot of, shot to two shots of Fireball. Half that, so if you do, you know, one, uh, if you do one shot of Fireball, make it a half shot of 101 proof peppermint schnapps. Okay. And then top it off with Big Red. I don't know if anyone, oh man, I don't know if you remember, but Taco Bell had those cinnamon mints there for a while. Mm -hmm. Tastes just like that. Oh, it's so fire and liquid form. Oh, but alcoholic. And I'll tell you what, you sip on one of those and you are feeling fuzzy the whole night. It is so great. So, yeah, I'd have to say that's probably my two favorites. That sounds very, very good. It is amazing. So, what about you on future plans with family? <clears throat> future plans with family. Yeah, like, um, do you plan on having multiple kids, no kids at all? What would your perfect future family look like to you? My perfect future family. That's, I guess that's a tough one. I mean, I am in the age range to have children, so... But you're also still young enough that you can start later, too. Yeah, that's why I, that's, I figured this would be a good that's question. That's the kind of plan. The plan is wait at least five to eight years, I think. Okay. I know that's not everybody's ideal, but I, I just want to wait a little bit. But I would say... That's when I did it. Um, yeah. We had our yeah. first kid at 25, so yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There you go. You know, today's generation, though, is usually having them a little younger. But we don't get... We, that's a whole separate segment. That's a whole we can separate segment, <laughs> I would say I, I kind of want to be, I don't know, I want to be married and I want to ex- like have a few years, I guess, of peace per se, you know, peace in general from children. But I think I want So to, you can do the fun adult stuff. Yes. With your go, lady. You can go get hammered every night with your girl and then not have to worry about changing diapers and doing other things. I get that. <clears throat> but I think three children would be optimal for me, I, I've thought. You're going to want, let me guess, the boy growing a mystery. I could go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just honestly, not to be sexist, I want a boy to carry the name. Of I course. I just want one boy. Um, the other two can be girls for all I care. And if I don't have a boy, we'll keep trying. <laughs> we'll keep trying. We're try. going to keep trying until we got a boy. So I told um, my wife when we got together that I told her I wanted six kids. And she looked at me, she looked at me and she said, you'll be surprised if you get one. Like, (laughs) like that's all she wanted. Well, we, we, we don't know what we'll end up with. We have two kids right now, but, um, after she got pregnant, I was like, man, a girl, I've always wanted a girl. I think it's cool. Um, and sure enough, we got a girl. Now I was like, now I'd like a boy to carry on the name, kind of like what you said. And we got a boy. So... It's all up to her now. I've, I'm happy with where I'm at. So someone at uh, speaking of that, someone at work, we work with. They want they want you to have a lot more children. Oh, I said so they want you to have maybe six more children. Yes, they are very very energetic about you producing more children. She, she told me she said you need to have enough to make a basketball team. You I know. keep going though. You keep going. <laughs> nice. Okay, so I have a good one for you. Uh-oh. What is one thing that you have to have throughout your day that you cannot live without? 
that you have to like you have to either have or you know you know it's on your person to be able to function. Well, I'm gonna get the ladies going first by saying love, and now everyone in the background goes oh. One thing I. <laughs> No. That ain't it, Chief. <laughs> that ain't it, Chief. The one thing that I have to consume every day, well, you know I vape. Got so, of course, the though. nicotine. But yeah. the one thing that I have to consume, even over nicotine, is caffeine. Yeah. And that's because I've tried, you know, I mean, I lowered my caffeine before, but cutting it completely out, I get migraines. And I, I can't do that. See, in my opinion, I feel like caffeine is more, is more can be more addicting than nicotine per se. Yeah. Because I can, when I went to basic training, I went without nicotine for a good 10 weeks and I was fine, but you bet your ass I had my cup of coffee every morning. Oh, yeah. So they, I know what you mean. I don't remember yeah. what article it was, but I read somewhere that caffeine is the most addictive drug that is legal not, drug. yeah, that, that is yeah. legal. I mean, it. You have things like, you know, meth out there and everything that's extremely addictive, but how many people do you know that have to have that cup of coffee, have to have that energy drink, have to have some sort of caffeine in their system? I mean, a buddy of mine sat there and he was like, he read that article and he was just like, caffeine's an addictive drug. I don't want to do that or whatever. And then he started to only drink tea. And I told him, you sure tea has caffeine? I said, dude, do you know that tea? has caffeine in it and he was like nah i was like yep hell even even some vitamins have caffeine in them like you know tylenol yeah. per se that you were tylenol has caffeine tylenol does have caffeine excedrin excedrin has mm-hmm. caffeine in it so and those are the first two i go to if i start getting that feeling of a migraine or Most headache because it gives me know, that when, spike of caffeine when and, they get a headache yeah they always pop you know ibuprofen tylenol mm-hmm. aspirin whatever that may be in it most likely has caffeine in it yep and it helps. It really does. Um, man, it is my turn for a question, and I don't have one. I let you guys know I have a whole sheet of paper over here, and this man is coming off on the fly. I let you know that we both work at the same place, but I actually worked today, and he did not. Yeah, that's what I thought. Say something I now. That question. <laughs> you repeat that question. <laughs> um. Now let's see here. You know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. That's a good question for you. What's your biggest pet peeve? I can go on for this for a while. (laughs) So, where we work, there is a numerous amount of people there. And these people are the one thing that truly, I would say, are my pet peeve. The customers? The customers, you may say. These customers... Not I'm not I'm not gonna throw them under the bus per se. But, but the intellect level the intellect level of some people is astounding to me. I'm not a smart person, but I have simple common sense I'd like to think. Most of these people do not have that. And that's what absolutely drives me crazy. So you all know that we work as security guards. Armed security. As he says. Um and we have metal detectors. And this is just an example to just pick on his pet peeve. Um, This girl walks through, and she has her lunch wrapped in aluminum foil. 
And as she takes it out of her pocket and I have her open it up and shows me that that's what it is. I said, well, that's what set you off to aluminum foil. And she looked at me and she said, aluminum foil is metal. These are the people we work with, folks. I have a story on that as well, actually. So I was in this one seg one segment of the uh, the building. And this really pretty girl comes down from this area. And she looks at me and she says, hey, I need help. Could you help me put this necklace on me? And I, as a person, I felt slightly uncomfortable with that, considering, you know, allegations of, maybe some form of sexual harassment, which I want no part of. And so I help her put the necklace on. And in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, this is a little um, unprofessional, you might say. So I put the necklace on her, and she turns around and gives me this big, beautiful smile and says, I didn't know gold was a metal until I started working here. I thought gold was more expensive than that. And that, ladies and gentlemen... Beauty is not everything. Intellect is where it's at. <laughs> he went from doing the swamp. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty accurate representation. <laughs> uh, all right, what's mine? <clears throat> okay, I have a I have a I have a work related question. All right. Okay. Go. Pretend you're the CEO at our at our company. Okay. okay. What are three concerns that you would have with our firm's future? So, first and foremost, since I've ran businesses before, one thing that I always live by is happy employees stay. I agree. So, especially with where I'm working at now, I've started from the bottom. So, if I got up to some CEO or even higher or whatever was up there, I know the shit that we go through. Yes. And... Yes. That would be the first thing. I'd be trying to make everyone happy. I'd try to make our job. Policy changes. Policy changes, absolutely. Yes. I would actually, so where we work, we're contracted with another company. I would break down that contract to where I knew every little bit, excuse me, there I go. I would break that contract down to know every little bit that I could either better us or change that policy in that contract to do it for the benefit of the people or for the benefit of my employees because again happy employees stay i agree we've we've had uh, we've run into some problems with that where we work yep <clears throat> well we have disgruntled employees disgruntled well we also have where there's so many contracts and so many agreements and so many you know this and this that they contradict each other at points there's new policies that spring up that out of the blue completely changed the whole way mm -hmm. we work. Yep, and it's it's frustrating. Now, don't get me wrong. Working in security, you're going to have to be adaptive. So yes. I would definitely push that on anyone that currently worked there, that things could change. But I would want to oversee every little change. So I guess that's two of them there, you know, trying to gain the loyalty and the respect of all my employees, trying to get an actual balance of contracts and what all's going on after that better insurance <laughs> our, <laughs> yeah our uh, insurance we choices use some better insurance. and it's actually not even the fact that they just aren't that great they're so expensive 
for what they offer. They don't cover enough for the price that they put on. Exactly. Because that's a that's a chunk out of your check. But again, that all goes over that overlaying happiness of my employees. You know that is. See, why would I want to have to pay for that insurance when, in reality, when am I going to go to the doctor next? You might think, or what could happen. And maybe I feel insecure because I need the insurance, but I'm paying out the ass for yep. bullcrap, essentially. I would definitely try to find a balance on all those things to <clears throat> satisfy my employees. I don't think that everyone that works with us is unhappy. I don't at all. Um, I think happy. they take care of us. I really do. And they protect us as workers, which I absolutely love. Yes. But I would just try to tweak those little things just so I know that that person that's planning on doing this for a year to two years might think about doing it for six or seven. You know, build into that happiness for the long term. <clears throat> Another thing I might want to add on to that is let let people know that you can climb the ladder. Like there is a chance for inner promotion and for you to, to get big. You're not just going to be at the bottom of the totem pole your whole time um, at this job. You have a chance to work up if you put in enough work ethic. And you show that you understand how everything is run. Yep. And I think that's another reason why people get so excited. And I know this is going to sound off subject, but when they get so excited for like pyramid schemes or scams like that, because yes. they see the ladder instantly and they think, oh, I can climb that. Yes. What people don't realize is putting their time in a job and those and really taking that initiative, you can almost build anywhere. Yeah. Well, it shows your dedication as well and that you were a leader in right. your position and it helps you in the long run if i told someone that i sold you know makeup products for seven years and i ranked myself that doesn't show but if i was the leadership of a guard team that that shows i mean better on a resume mark jacobs though am i right making millions of dollars selling makeup and cologne and perfume i mean i mean i guess so i'm just throwing that out there (laughs) Can you say so? That's a random deal. Well, you know, they say that when it comes to um, makeup salespeople like Mary Kay and stuff, the top salesmen are always men. Yeah. Because a woman feels more appreciated when a man calls them beautiful than if a woman does. So it's easier for the man to sell the makeup. I could see it either way. It depends. I don't know. Unless it's like... Well, when someone of the opposite sex calls you beautiful, yes, I feel like it is going to be a little bit more appreciated because it shows the attract you that an attractiveness that you might have. Right, and that the, well, that was one of the articles I read was like the top salesman of that Mary Kay was men because their psychological reason was because women like to be called beautiful by men rather than other women. Yeah. So yeah. it's very interesting to think about. It. It's almost like I want to try to like flip something that way too to see what us men would buy that a women that women would advertise better at i agree but i think most men in my opinion this is my opinion but like especially my age are kind of starved for not necessarily attention but compliments too that is that true is, in my opinion very true like that we is don't true. not that we're underappreciated as men at all that's not what i'm getting at. it's just like you don't see a girl go up to a man usually and be like you're a very good looking man you just don't see that and it's like that boost of confidence is like completely changes your day yeah i think that would also change the whole dating line too i think a lot of women are getting too complicated or too complimented my goodness 
Too complimented. This man was about to say complicated. <laughs> no, they're getting too complimented to where when it someone really exactly, and then the vice versa, men aren't getting that, so they're not being that assertiveness that a woman would like. It's a very interesting theory. We could do a whole segment on later. <laughs> well, and I feel like this is this is my opinion. Women aren't as aggressive per se in pursuing. A, not necessarily a date or a boyfriend, but you know what I mean. Like it's, I don't like like gender roles. Like it's typically the man's job to to do that. To do that, but right. it's like, you yeah. know, like I, women aren't well, as assertive per se. To usually. also get on the outside a little bit as well, even in the homosexuality community, they even do the same. The man of a lesbian relationship would do the proposal, yes. or the yeah. woman. Or, or the uh, man in a guy-to-guy, the mm-hmm. manlier one always does it. So it is very interesting that we've even carried that on when it comes to this generation that we're in now. Where our generation is very progressive, per se, with everything. You know, gender, with ideology. Yeah. But I, don't, I think that would be an interesting take to see a, you know, if a woman at, you know, ask her husband to marry her. I think that would be very interesting to see. Because I don't know. It might. It happens. I would not I wonder, doubt, but it's not though if it seen. also would be seen as disrespectful too, though, with how non-progressive the older generation is too. The older generation, yeah, they're very. I mean, could you imagine going ways. to a restaurant, seeing the girl get down on one knee, propose to a guy, and these people just looking at like what? Honestly, I'd be also. Ha- couldn't I'd be that happy also be demeaning? Way. How would how would how would you say that would be demeaning? Well, I mean, we can go into the sexual community. The girls bowing to the man. I think you know where I'm coming from. Yes, you're I not understand. ignorant. I understand that, but if I'm just saying where it could be demeaning. But love is love, though, right? And if I'm getting on one knee, she could get on one knee too. Well, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying where out in public, where it would seem demeaning. I guess it could it could be viewed as like. Because that is like, I think that's another reason why it's stuck so hard with a man doing it is because the man's supposed to be that stand up, like not as emotional type of species of secure. Secure. So when you break that to show someone you love them, it's, you see see what I'm saying? The emotional barrier to where I could show that I, you know, I love you so much. But then if we looked at it on the outside, some people be like, oh, she's just desperate. You see what I'm saying? I, I think that's another could, reason why I, I get could, stuck. I could see that. Yeah. We could do a whole segment on this. Yeah, We're going to have to talk about it later. <laughs> um, who's, who's it on? It's, your, it's, your, it's on it's me. Dadgummit. I'm so bad at this. Um, all right. Random one. What is your favorite group of friends hanging out game to play? Our favorite game to play? Yeah. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> recently I've been playing a lot of, uh, a lot of Warzone. Warzone? Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone. And I tell you what, that game is pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So what if you got a whole group of your friends together? Would you like want to set up your own LAN party to play that or Well, I do we I do have a group of friends. We we usually do squads in Warzone, oh. you know, three of us including three of them and then I. So we usually and we all have our mics set up, you know, we're all rearing to go. We do like some stupid little speech in the beginning, how we're gonna win and then we get fucking second get place. Hyped we, up. We get hyped up and then we get second place because people were camping outside the 
the, you know, the little building we're at. Pep talk, let's go! Yeah, and then they're always like, we're gonna win this battle, boys, we've got this, and then we get mowed down, like, as soon as we land. But you see that's Warzone? Warzone? Yeah. I have it, not played a free, that. It's free, it's, uh, it's very fun, I, I find it a lot of fun, it's completely different, it's, sim- you could say it's similar to PUBG, similar to Apex Legends, Fortnite, no, does not come in the equation. <laughs> Fuck Fortnite, but it's similar. He to, said, "He said, is that a tarp bus? Here you go, Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> push right so, out." The way. I would, I would compare it to Apex and PUBG, but it is a lot more realistic feeling when I play. You know, the guy love that gulag. You know, you got that one v one versus that guy, and you're just so pumped, you just want to get him. Another thing I really like too about it is, let's say you lose your one on one match in the gulag. There's money you can find in, like, crates and on the ground, and your buddies can buy you back from a store, like, random stores placed around the map, so you can come back in the game. Oh, that'd be cool. So it's a lot of fun. Even if you have one, like, for instance, one of my uh, friends' brother, all of us had died, and he bought us all back, and we all just hopped right down to him and kept playing. Well, that's kind of So it doesn't immediately just shut you out like some games do. Like, uh... I believe it was their what was their other one on Call of Duty that's like a PUBG. There was like one. a battle royale. Yeah, yeah, uh, battle royale. It's uh, Call of Duty Four, or Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Pardon me. Um, I think that that had a battle royale, but I, it is not. I hate that when is, you end up in like sixty seventh place because that one dude got that shotgun while you were running in a home or something. Yep, and, like as oh. soon as you drop. Uh, like military base in Warzone is like a hot drop. That is my favorite place to drop because they always have legendary weapons there, purple weapons, and you'll have. It depends where the circle is, and usually everyone will drop there too. So you're literally all these stupid people are running off with like the starting pistol, and you got this one dude racking kills with shotguns or snipers, just mowing everyone down. So. See, I hated really that fun. when I played the Battle Royale and I dropped down my first time. I think I was in like 78th place because as soon as I landed, I got shotgunned. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is my first time playing and I'm getting mowed. I did win one, though. So I felt I felt like, you know, 50-50 shot there. I, I, I did good. Me and my boys haven't won a game yet, but you bet your ass we're going <laughs> to win one. Guys are coming for you. I'm coming for you, all right. Um, I'm going to drop this segment so we can start another one. We'll be right back. We are sponsored by Pornhub Live. Go live now. Now back to you, boss. Thank you, Kaiser. That was awesome. (laughs) You're more than welcome. Now it's my turn to ask you a good old question. All right. Hit me with it. This is one I think about quite often. What is the best way to dispose of a body... All right, that's an issue. <laughs> I gotta go talk to our higher ups. Uh, no. uh, the best way to dispose a body, for instance, like you know the new the new popular show Tiger King, the 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 Carol Baskin character. Supposedly, they say tigers ate her husband, and they could not find the body. They could not find anything because when tigers eat bone, the bone is broken down and it's not in the feces. Huh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting fact. Right See, there. how I would dispose of a body is I've always read that pigs eat everything. Yes. So dispose of the pigs. 
But where people make mistake is the one thing that they can't dissolve in their stomach is the teeth. So I would take the teeth out first. And those would probably just be buried all over the place. Because who's really going to sit there and find one tooth random in the ground and think, oh, this is connected to a homicide? Could be a cat tooth. Or it could be, yeah. Could they be they might just think tooth. it's an animal tooth. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they actually turned it in, did forensics, and found out that it's someone's tooth, I'd be, you know... Uh, my brother and father got into a fight at the farm, and one of them got punched in the face and spit a tooth out. Boom, done. But definitely feed the pigs, because like I said, or hogs. Is it hogs? Whatever the bigger one is, so hogs, I think. They eat There's everything. There's a difference? I don't, to be honest, I don't know. There's a difference between turtles and tortoises. I don't know, man. There's a difference between alligators and crocodiles. Same. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's a difference between hogs and pigs. And you know what? Go ahead and fill up my comment boxes. You all gonna have my Discord. Go ahead and hit me up with it and tell me all the differences between pigs and hogs. I can't wait. I love learning. My goodness. All right. Um. All music is now gone. Okay. Except for one band. What would your band be? Ooh. That's a tough one. I would probably say Godsmack. Godsmack? Godsmack or Alice in Chains. Or Nirvana. That's really hard. (laughs) I really like, uh, I'm really into like the grunge era bands. Like, you know, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. See, I think the one band I would have to choose would be Metallica. I mean... There's so many to choose from that it's too hard for me. Well, I think just the way Metallica has made their stuff very similar, but also different within the decades, I think I could listen to them on the constant. Don't get me wrong. Sorry to hate on you guys, but your all's later shit's not as great, but... It is not as good. <laughs> but, it, like, let's say you take their first album and, like, pick a random, you know, the, the album Kill Em All, and you take, the you know, a random song, Seek and Destroy... And then you go to, let's say, like, Liberty and Justice for All album, and you pick Liberty and Justice for All, that song. It's completely, compe- like, it's so similar, but the differences are so stark. Oh, it's great. In the songs. It's I also love how different. every single one of their songs, too, I can almost relate to to something yeah. that makes me feel relatable to my life. Yeah, I mean, even if the words don't even seem like that's what they're saying, they're still telling a story, and I think that's what makes them great musicians. I agree. Um, I really like music that represents life as much as it does what they're actually telling. So, like, I'll listen to some stuff, and I know y'all probably heard it before, but Nicki Minaj made a song or whatever, and she made this line, no shit, and she said, I would like a number two with some Mac sauce. Like, trying to connect to the people. And I was like, after you come up with shit like Stupid Ho and Truffle Butter, how are you going to sit there and say you want a number two at Max Sauce? Shut up. You have yeah. never been to McDonald's. Like, now. <laughs> so, it's... I, I really like relatable stuff. But, like, also, I do like music. I know you don't particularly excite with, the like, the heavy metal. And I absolutely love heavy metal. And especially there's one band called I Hate God. And I'm a very religious person myself, might I add. And the band I Hit God, and they have these songs on there. They're very explicit. But half the time, I cannot tell what the guy's saying. But the raw emotion he puts into it, it's not like a scream per se, but he's like yelling. And the deep riffs and the beats of the drum just 
somehow get you going, get me going, yeah. and make me feel not even, not necessarily angry, but just make me feel so excited. The closest band I can say that I like where you can't understand what they're saying is stuff like a Skylet Drive. Never heard of it. Okay, it's more of a high pitched type scream, so you can still kind of tell what he's saying. Um, but that's the type like. I know there was some parts, and I know it's nothing to you now because they're probably weak when it comes to the rock. But like Limp Biscuit, I like Limp Biscuit. Okay, and like Lincoln Park. You know how they never listen to Lincoln Park. Oh, dude, listen to Lincoln Park. Never listen. To dude, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park is amazing, but don't listen to him when you're going through um, a breakup. <laughs> those oh, seem so sad. No, bands. no, but other than that, you can get hyped to it if you're in a good mood. They are amazing but i tell you what some of their lyrics if you're like down and you're really analyzing their lyrics you're like holy shit this can be depressing yeah but that's what i'm talking about those higher pitch voices when they do a quote-unquote pig squeal i think is what it was called there for a while i know that's not correct so metalheads please don't hate me but <laughs> when you do it too deep or do it to where i can't understand it that's why i don't like listening to it okay i like to again i like to relate i like to hear the story and that's that's my only defense on it why i'm not as big into the heavy See, heavy metal but i like i like to not understand it sometimes i just like to feel or the hear emotions the emotion even if they're talking about kind of like when i listen to stuff in different languages yeah i'm really into like you know we're into anime and I'm really into like the intro music, and it just pumps you. Like I don't understand necessarily. Some of them really do. I don't man. understand 99.9 percent .9 of the Japanese, but I can depict a little bit here and there from hundreds of hours of watching. Anime. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of hours of watching anime. Yes. Oh, I got a good one for you. Oh shit! What was it like having your first child, and how and what prepared you for the second one? All right, so first child actually to me didn't seem like much. I have been the older cousin to a lot of babies. But what scared me the most, believe it or not, the most insignificant thing that scared me the most was holding her. That scared yeah. me more than anything because I'm in the delivery room. They're doing all that, and then they go, all right, hand the baby to the dad, and then she's in my arms. And I'm holding her like she's going to break. Just um, this fragile little creature. Oh gosh, it scared the hell out of me. But I tell you what, there is an instinct in humans or men, whatever. I instantly went from, oh my God, I'm going to hurt this baby to, oh my God, I'm going to hurt anyone that comes near my yeah. baby. And I was so it's gentle. It, oh man, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, but like I said, as for like, the changing of diapers, stuff like that. I've helped my little cousins do that my whole life, so it was kind of like I just jumped into mode. It was pretty um, nice My wife had a... Uh, yeah? What? Yeah, fun fact. Yep, I held our daughter before my wife did because she was so sick from the uh, epidural? Epidural. Yeah. Um, but, um... Oh, and that was another thing. So she had to have the C-section because um, our first baby wouldn't flip. She was breech. So with that being said, she had to be in the hospital for three days. I know for those three days she's going to be hurting. Instant dad mode stunk in to where 
I don't think I slept those three days except for maybe a half hour to an hour. Like I was up with that baby constantly. I was making sure she was okay. Um, I did little things that I wanted to do. So um, I didn't want her to be sensitive to noise when she was asleep. So we turned the TV up, left it on 24-7. So she got used to the surrounding noise. No, well, no, that was while we were at the hospital. Get her used to noise as early as possible. Uh, I had not the big light because, of course, I didn't want to, you know, hurt her eyes or anything. But I definitely had a light on the whole time. I wanted to make sure she was used to the sound, used to lights. That way she slept through it. And it works. She can sleep through. If we have a tornado, she's going to be the only one to sleep in her bed. (laughs) Now... How did that prepare me for the second child? This one, I wanted to make the experience better for my wife in the delivery room. She did do another C-section. Um, was the epidural as um, bad for her as the first one? So what was really cool about this type of epidural, it's called a spinal. It was a newer one. It, it was, was a newer, It's a newer one. Version. Yeah. And what they do is they take a section of the spine and numb it. So she wasn't as numb as like the needle of epidural. Not like the whole back. The whole back, yeah. She was only numb from um, mid-chest down. So it was really cool because she wasn't as sick. She didn't get the big large shot. She got, I think he said, what did he say? Like a total of six shots or something. And it was just to take that vertebrate and shut it down. So she was cognitive and functioning. Oh man, it was so much cooler. So not only was I trying to make the first one somewhat appreciative of her because she's having my baby but i was also very inter um interested in watching the surgery where it's fascinating of her. yeah well not only that i used to want to be a surgeon so anything with organs and creepy stuff or splitting people open watching that stuff i love it but I mean, um, basic human anatomy is a, is fascinating in it is and for us to be able i mean i did a segment on here of the very first um brain surgeries they are estimating it was all the way back to 5,000 years ago. I've heard about that. So that was really, to know that we were able to do that then was just wild. But, but think about the no anesthesia. All you had was some form of alcoholic drink to pretty try much. to uh, put you down a little bit. Yep. So, but, so this time, the second one, I want to make it better for her. And she was already in a better situation because she had that, that she actually not only held our second baby... While they were finishing up with the surgery, he was laying on her chest. We were able to talk. We actually was able to conversate and talk a lot. Where the first one, she was literally laying there looking sick. And yeah, so nothing really, like I said, I think mainly because I've had so many younger cousins that I didn't really have to prepare for kids. So nothing really prepared me for that, but I was able to. You were set up in the beginning. Yeah. You you knew what to expect, per se. And just making it a better experience for her. Oh, the one thing we did prepare this time better, and everyone, I stress this, please do this. Pack a overnight bag or overnight's bag, especially if you're having a C-section, because that was huge. You're going to be stuck there. Dude, I tell you what, I had, I didn't go through them all, obviously, but I packed like five pairs of underwear just so I know I had an extra oh one, God. just in case baby threw up on me and it got in my lap and it got on the under. When we went the first time, I packed like an extra pair. Like, that, thank God my parents came home and got me clothes and brought them back so I could shower. But yeah. this time it was so much easier to prepare. I had a sleep schedule this time where, you know like I said, expect. with Katie, I didn't. I was 
up the whole time, looking around, watching around. With Ezra, I'm asleep when he's asleep. I'm awake when he's awake. It was, oh yeah. I think just the experience was a lot better the second time because, I, like you said, I knew what to... But as for really preparing, pretty much just the night bag. I think the one thing that you can never prepare for, and guys, I need you all to listen very closely. Do not ever tell your wife or lady who is having the baby that everything is going to be okay. Because I tell you what, I told my wife while she's sitting there doing her little um, shaky stress stuff. I'm like, everything's going to be okay. You've done this before. Yeah, that didn't help. Don't do that. Don't get me wrong. We still had a good time. We talked everything through, but it's like, I'm like, I, I got that guy's mind. You've done this before. Well, You'll like, be fine. Well, it's like, as, as a man, it's like, I'm never going to have to deal with this. You'll be fine. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bother me. I'm not the one, getting, even I'm like not the one getting surgically cut open. Well, okay, hold on, hold on. We got to stop right there because I've had like nine surgeries. Okay, okay surgery. but we're, we're, we're talking about like childbirth well that's true i'm not saying it's the same ladies no. please don't give yeah, me no hate now but <laughs> what? but what i'm saying is is like in my mind i was thinking you've done this before you'll be fine you know what to expect don't say that to your woman <laughs> not only is she already hormonal from the pregnancy but she's already freaking out because now this baby has to come out listen guys don't do it but we had a great experience the second time i was able to prepare Oh man! Now it's my question. Yeah, it is. I really Mr. wish I prepared. Un Mr. Something. Unprepared. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll go with a classic interview question. Good God! I'm. Uh, uh, what I, is? Well, I, I need this job. I need, <laughs> I this, need job. this job. <laughs> I need to feed my family. Bottle flip. You got the job. All right. Um, what is your greatest weakness? My greatest weakness. I feel like this is an easy one. You think so? I think so. What's your greatest weakness? <clears throat> I would say my greatest weakness is I'm very prideful. I'm a very prideful person. I could see that. I don't like to back down. I'm pretty stubborn. Yeah, I could I'm, see that. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. When not not necessarily if I am wrong about something, if someone teaches me something and I was incorrect, that's on me. I that doesn't make me mad one bit because I did I either did not know it. Or I was doing it wrong. I have no problem with that. But whether it's like some form of belief, something I take pride in, or something I work hard or do, or I'm not a very apologetic person. Um, not per se, as in I won't apologize when I'm wrong. But if you're trying to get me to do something and I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. That's that. Okay. I think this is why me and you get along very well. Because yeah. I'm kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't back down for what, for what I believe in. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like me with the open mindedness as well, though. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a very open minded person and I will take what you say. I'll regurgitate, and I can regurgitate it back to you, but it doesn't mean I'm going to keep it up there. That is true. Because of that stubbornness. But I can, I can What's your sign? Capricorn. Okay. Makes sense. But I can see that, I can see compromise through. I can compromise with people. Yeah, I can see that. But I like to get my way. <laughs> but you like to get I your like way. I like to get my way. That's a uh, very uh, German Aryan of you, huh? Yeah, very authoritarian. <laughs> very authoritarian. <laughs> I got another uh, family question for you. Ooh, family, let's go. How are you different? Different. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if I'm different. How are you different and similar to your wife? What what similarities and differences are there? 
Oh, God. This is a very good question because me and my wife are almost the exact same person. Um, we're both very outgoing, both very loving, both very want to do anything we can for family, especially intermediate family. Where we're different is that outside family. I am not very outside family oriented. She is. Um, but that's good because it gives us balance. Another thing that gives us balance is I'm very unemotional. I think that's another reason why I'm good at our job. I agree. I'm, um, I'm unemotional as well. I'm dead inside. <laughs> I don't know about dead inside, but I'm very well at, well, I'm very well at the classical man hides his feelings. Yes. I'm very good at that. Yes. I'm very good at bottling it up and then it, it just, just, I don't know, maybe one day I'll snap. But it, it, When it, I'm on my own, I could deal with my own problems. Right. I don't like to express that to other people. And that is the complete opposite with my wife. She is very the emotional side of our family. Um, it, it works well in dynamics where like friends and stuff where we can be friends with people. And let's say like you're a, my, you're my friend and you're going through a downtime. Yeah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiser just threw me under the bus. No, you're my friend. And let's say you're going through a really hard time. Okay. And you want to reach out to me. Most likely, she's the one messaging back. I do not have that emotional side to me. So I'll, I'll grow up with you. Do I? I said, so that's all those messages. <laughs> I'll grow up with you, and I'll try to give you that confidence boost, but if that ain't working, that's all I know. Well, she's the one that can break you down emotionally. For instance, we had a situation at work, what was it, months ago? Months ago. Someone lost family within a week of each other. Oh, Yeah. Oh, man. And this poor man right here was lost. <sighs> Looking so, deer in the headlights. Did not know what to do. <laughs> Wait, didn't I call you over, too, and you didn't no, say No, this man called me over, and I'm the one who handled it. <laughs> A little I, bit I better. called our superiors. That's how I did it. Yeah, I... Okay, so, yeah, this situation, and it's a big situation. Very we are big. not given no names, but yeah. this um, particular person lost their father... And within a week, lost their mother. By the time I went to go check on this person, they were on the ground crying. This I, is emotional breakdown, too. This person was oh, absolutely gone. 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 Like, There's nothing you could say. I really hope that them. this person's okay, though, because I really appreciate them as a person. I agree. But sitting there, just bawling their eyes out. I, being the supervisor, unemotional... Me, I walk up and I'm instantly thinking, policy, you know, I can't have this person just sitting here crying while customers are walking by. So I try to talk to this person. Nothing. And all I'm saying is I'm almost taking that authoritative side, you know, that blah, 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 not realizing that this is that big situation. So I call over my other supervisor, which is Kaiser here. And I'm like, hey, bud, I got an issue. I need it to be fixed. One one thing I might want to add, being in the military really did change me. And in the military, it's essentially get your ass up <laughs> and don't don't be a bitch. And I feel like I tried to implement that. I'm not saying that is the correct <laughs> approach at all. But that's that's what for, that's what formed in me is I another one thing I despise is weakness. I can't I can't stand weakness in people it's a little bit cruel and unemotional <laughs> but my thing is kind of like you have to get up you have right. to get up and you have to pick yourself up 
because crying and sitting here is not going to help the situation. You have to try. You have to try with me. I will try with you. Right. And let's just say that we weren't a big help. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't. I, I almost had that military type style, too. And I think it's just the way that I grew up was, I mean, my mom's um, ex-military. She was in yeah. the Army. So I think I got a lot of traits from that. Plus, my two of my uncles, her brothers, were both in the military. So they taught me that way. And then her um, great-grandfather, or no, my great-grandfather, he was in World War II. And I grew up with him until he passed away. So I think I already had that kind of same mindset of yep. when you're knocked down, get back up. Plus, I've went through some trials in my life that has knocked me to the very bottom to where I had to get back up. So I think I kind of have that same thought process. He, on the other hand, jumps right into action, gets our uh, superior over there, and she was able to help this guard calm the situation. Calm the situation. And she took her to a separate closed enclosed area yep. to where we were not in the public eye. Like literally the thing I told this person was, uh, I said, they told me that their mother passed and I said, all right, well, let's get you home to your family. Yes. And that was not that, that is not what that person wanted to hear. No. <laughs> and it was, it, she needed that moment with someone that would be there. And you I think wasn't. That the family would, you think that the thought of family would be comforting knowing that kind of time. That, again, that's just our <laughs> unemotional man side un right there. <laughs> where you want to push the problem away to someone else. Right. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much our main differences, I would say, and similarities. Um, we like to have a good time. We like to have people over. We like to socialize. We're exactly the same personality-wise. It's just when it comes to that deeper side of emotions, non-emotions, blah, blah, blah. She definitely has a lot of the more emotions. I block everything, and I think, I think I'm almost more left brain. She's more right brain. I'm thinking logically, I got a problem. Let's fix it. She's Which I feel like is most men logic over emotion. And I feel like most women, no offense to you ladies, but it is emotion over logic. And I think that that's another over. reason, and this is a whole other segment we could do later, is why men have always been seen dominant. It's not only just the fact that we do have the more um, muscular features in a I sense. I feel it's the hunter-gatherer uh, logistics of it, in my opinion. Yeah, that could be it too. But I'm We're supposed to provide. We're provide, supposed right. to be the front the guard we are guard the house we are well did you hear my segment on the um the how we're still primitive species i think you need to check that one out because it goes over out. a lot of that but i think deep down most men are more primitive than women yeah i can definitely agree we have not urges but different things that drive us in life yeah. Different, like, wants and needs. Well, we have the more drive for that power. We have the more drive to... Authoritarian. Author yeah, yeah, where most of the time, due to them just being the gatherers or being the not as upfront, like you were saying, they're kind of more of that emotional socializing together. I mean, that's what they got to do. They weren't too far from the cave or wherever they were living. They weren't too far. They were picking the things while men were further away completely silent because if we made sound we would die well, so let me they give were you gossiping another instance. this is for every man out there every who, man who usually holds the tv remote and controls the <laughs> channels it is the man <laughs> i have i tell you what people 
the the man is always the one. With, I'm guilty of this when I'm watching a show with my girl. I always have to have the remote. Tell me why we have that same situation kind of in this house, but I give it up. Is I because I'm married. I give the remote up. I give her sometimes, like when she wants to choose a show. No, I think I've gotten to the point, uh, Kaiser here, that I am just lazy. <laughs> well, the problem I have is I want to watch the show, a show she wants to watch. She wants to watch a show I want to watch. So we end up pitching at each other about who gets to pick because we both want to please each other in the show. All right, we I got something wanna, better for you. We both want to choose a show that you both want to watch. Right now, me and That's my... the lack of communication that we have to where <laughs> we just want to make sure the other person gets to watch the show they want. That's the only issue. See, she watches her shows that I absolutely cannot stand. I watch my shows that she cannot absolutely stand. But when we're together, we have that one show we both love. And we've, right we've, now, we've give, found it a, some shows. give it a shout out, Superstore. If you have not seen it, check it out. That shit is hilarious. So it's literally like the office, but in like a grocery store type you were, thing. You were telling me about oh it. Oh my gosh. It could kill me. You got more questions, don't you? Yes, I do. Let's do another segment. We'll be right back, folks. We are back, folks. Me and Kaiser here. He's got some more questions we're going to answer. <clears throat> okay, here's an interesting one. So you and I are both fairly religious people, mm-hmm. I would like to say. So you die. Okay. And you go to heaven to be judged. Okay. What are two things you can tell God that will guarantee to get you in? What are two things in your life that you feel make you worthy of going to heaven? Hmm. That make me worthy? That make, like, what what two things have you done that you feel deserve? To be honest. For you to go to heaven. The only thing I think I could say to God is that I'm not worthy of heaven because I'm not. No one is. We are all 100% sinners. Well, th- this is this is from a an opinionated perspective. Like w- what is something you think that God would appreciate that you've done in life? Like something that he can like be proud of that you've done. That he would be proud of? Like, for instance, like raising a family or like raising. I know, but I'm a fuckhead at everything I do. I mean, aren't we all? I mean, seriously, Um, I guess. Well, first off, um, being baptized and accepting Christ as my savior, that would be one that I would mention. Um, I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. I don't think I've... I mean, that was, that was kind of a deep question. But... It is. It's a very deep question, but I don't... I think the reason this question is so hard for me is because I don't really boast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, even at work, we work together. I am, You're you know, the full-time mellow. supervisor, and I never use the supervisor card, unless I'm in a joking manner. So so he he's my boss. Sadly. No. So he's my <laughs> boss. He's my boss, and I'm... I'm directly or under you we're we're on the same level the only reason why they would like let, let's say we were like in a courthouse or something the only reason why i would be a level above is just because i spend more time as the supervisor yeah. but you're actually same level as me level of guard wise i believe okay so but 
who's going to be the one to get you in trouble. If you got into trouble, I would be the one to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Where if I got in trouble, our manager would have to do it. So it's, okay. yeah, it's kind of, it, it's kind of like chain the of chain of command, command but, but me there's... and you are on that same level in a sense. Okay. But I believe, I'd have to double check with the manager, but I believe you could even write me up as well. So that is where we're on that same level. Ladies and gentlemen, this man's getting written up. <laughs> Remember how you dogged me about them shoes for so long? Right so up. <laughs> in our uh, in our policy for our uniform, we we wear uniforms to our armed security job, and we have to follow a uniform code for the professionalism of our company. And you have to wear all black shoes. For my first three or four months with this company i just that i didn't care and he wore he, black he shoes but got on white bottoms. every single day about it threatening to write me up and get me in trouble let's just say that never happened and i got all black shoes uh i wrote one up i just never he wrote it. one up but he never <laughs> gave it to me i couldn't you're, you're you're a good worker what can i say i mean you're a good guard no kissing ass here <laughs> no not at all there's only one ass I kiss, and that's my wife's. But that's only if she gives me permission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Um, you got a question over in that little brain rattling around? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, Come on, just throw something crazy, like crazy wild at me. All right. Okay. If your mom wasn't your mom, would you date her? Like, when she was younger? Like my age or right now? Because that's a little creepy, dating a fifty-six-year-old woman. Okay, at your age. age. She's at your age, and she was, and she's not your mom. I would most definitely date her. My mom. Why? My mom is such a good, kind person. She's like the best woman I know. She is. Su- she deals with a lot of my dad's bullshit. Like as a man, he has a lot of bullshit. We all do. <laughs> Agreed. And I think she handles it very well. Like, for instance, alcoholism runs in our family, and it's a very terrible disease. My dad has it. Everyone, we're German. We all have it. So <laughs> I think that's the German side and our side as well. Yeah. So oh, she yeah. she deals with that very well, and she's just a very strong, independent woman. And I I would definitely definitely did. Yeah. Very kind. Woman. Let's see here. He just wanted to give his mom a shout out. He wanted to go, I love you, mommy. Love you, mommy. <laughs> okay, this is this is another work question. All and right. this relates to us working with our superiors. Okay. If you have a say in a decision taken by management, and if you were against their decision or against the process that they were implementing, will you stick up for your decision? And how would you change their minds on the policy decision or change? So, one of the very first things I would do is I'd fight for it. If we're in a meeting, I'd fight for my side. Have long talks with the reasoning why. Try to talk logic into them. I'm outvoted, let's say. Democracy. I would get a hold of It depends who's there with you. Right. If our manager's there, he's generally going to have our side. Right. But... Let's say that it falls through. At that point, I'm trying to get a hold of their higher-ups, and I would write a, 
and I know this is going to sound very schooly, but I would write a persuasive essay on why my my reasons what were right. If they would read the email. If they would, yeah. If they read, if they the would email. read the email. But that, that's what I'm saying. I, I would really straightforward just demolish any little thing that I could to make my point. And I'm very good at being a persuasion writer or AKA a bullshitter. I can take basic knowledge or basic common sense and formulate something that sounds good that is complete and total bullshit. I don't know. I do it on a daily. Ladies and gentlemen, we do do this on a daily to, <laughs> to these customers, you might say. Yeah, I do it we, uh, on the daily. We're very good at um, the art of bullshitting to kind of make them go away well, or for them to understand in simplicity. It's kind of like I told you when you were first becoming a supervisor and you were talking to me about, well, what if a uh, guard comes up to me about this or a guard comes up to me about that? I always said use the words of liability or policy. When people hear those two words, they're thinking, oh, it has to be that way. That's an authoritarian speech. Exactly. And if that's the way things are, then there's nothing this person can do about it. Absolutely. And so that's that art of bullshit that I use. And if I use those two words, most people will listen, whether I know it or not. Now, some sometimes... I ain't going to lie, I do use the word policy because I do read our policies where we work at. I lack on that a little bit. You'll get there. You've only been supervisor for what? About four months now? Four or five? I've only been with our company for... You came in when you were three months in, right? As soup, as my soup. And then... Yeah, yeah. Wait, so when did you start? I, You first started training me as a supervisor... I want to say in January to replace. Okay, so January, and we're now in... We're about, we're to, about be to be in May. May. So Okay, so you've been a supervisor for two months. Yeah. I was a supervisor for about six to eight months before I started reading our policies. Um, I have a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason is because, again, I have to know as much as I can to make myself sound right. So, like, when people ask us, we have a um, sheet to... Um, I want to say it without giving away where we work, but... Uh, okay, so you know where the trucks come in? Yes. Big trailer yard. Yes. Okay. We have to sign a paper to say that we have been trained to be out there. Yes. We have, a lot we of have people... To, it's a liability paper, basically. There you go. Liability paper. As soon as you tell people that, they're like, oh, it's a liability. I have to sign this. This is um, policy. Yep. Yeah. All those forms we have to fill out for our employment in folder. In a safe environment. Yep. Our employment folder... Anytime they're asking why they have to do this, well, that's a liability. If you stayed on here that you did not know this, it's a liability on the company. the company. Exactly. So that's where I kind of bullshit, but at the same time, I know most of that, and it has to be done. Mm -hmm. So that's where that balance is, is of as much knowledge as I need to make it sound good. I got a work-related question for you. Okay. So we have been hurting. On our shift. We have been... Pretty hurting. damn bad. Now, where do you think we're at? Can you rephrase the question a little bit? I know, I understand. Compared to what we were. Okay, how Let's far say, back? Okay, November. When I started? November to now. When I started. On this shift, yeah. So, we have gone through, I want to say, at least 8 to 10 people just mm -hmm. on our shift. Yeah. Right, like, how is our shift right now? Yeah. We're weak. We're still weak? We're still weak. 
And I, the what? only reason I say that during this current world situation, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen, gives me it's chills. Direct, it's directly hindering the way we train and how we implement things with our newer people. Okay. And I feel like we're lacking in the knowledge department on multiple things. There is only four of us good old boys, you might say. <laughs> good old boys. Or there's only four of us good old boys left on our shift. And otherwise, it's completely newer, unexperienced people who haven't experienced a part of the year that gets busy. Right. Oh, man. And destruction destruction there's <laughs> so many bodies running around and these people don't know exactly the technology that is that true. we have and how to capably use it correctly so right now we're weak i feel like we have strong members in our team though oh, who yes. are willing to learn and they're very intelligent oh yeah i definitely agree with you on there i also like how we're full staff now yeah but i can definitely see so we have what you would consider the quantity, not the quality. Yes and of no. Our shift right now. Yes and no. Quality-wise, we have good people. Right. But they're they're very intelligent people. They just don't know on-the-job training as well as I would like them to. Right. Because we haven't had haven't had as many opportunities so, to show them. When you're teaching people stuff on a computer, but have to social distance, I can understand where you use the word hindering <laughs> it's very hindering very and we have some bright people i think i, I, I think, really like our shift and i've known a lot of these people my whole life a yeah. few of these people my whole life ever since i was a kid so i know they're and they're, they're good workers morphing really good to the chemistry of the way we do our job too i mean i've become friends with both of them yeah and i they're, think they're, they're gonna be excellent guys. so <clears throat> okay I have, I have a question for you here we go what would you choose as your last meal? Let's say you're getting the good old sparky electric chair. What would you choose as your last meal? <laughs> My last meal. It could be anything. Anything imaginable. Anything within reason. <laughs> A human heart. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's hard. Considering I'm such a basic bitch when it comes to food. This man's about to be one of those white girls with Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like. Hook me up with uh, uh, chicken tendies. No. <laughs> I want chicken tendies and honey chicken mustard. Tendies and honey mustard. I want the honey mustard in a cup so I can drink it. I know this normally isn't allowed, but am I allowed an alcoholic beverage? I'll allow you a beer. No, no hard beer. liquor. No hard liquor? No hard liquor. I'll give you a like a draft. Anything draft. It could be foreign or domestic. Just go with a classic... It better not be fucking Bud Light. No, 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 no. Bud Light is my wife. I don't like Bud Light. I like Bud Light after about seven. We're going to go with... No, actually, look, let's change it up. Let's do a chicken. What kind of chicken? Chimichanga. A chicken so chimichanga. That, yeah, so that nice filet chicken and uh, peppers and onions smothered very, with some very pepper. Savory. And then mm. smother that whole chimichanga queso style okay hot okay. hot queso i mean shit or why cool. not i'm not gonna get the shits afterwards might as well <laughs> i mean you're gonna shit wait, wait oh were you talking about like hot 
like heat or yeah, like, like spicy? Heat, like spicy, oh. like spicy queso or dude, like if it, normal? Dude, at that point, spicy. I mean, I'm dead the next day anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. The sparky chair, That's so fine with me. Someone matter. else got to clean it up. It don't matter to me. <laughs> um, of course, rice and beans because you have to have that with I mean, burrito. That's, yes. Guaranteed. That's a given. Now, like refried beans or black beans? Hmm, that's a hard question. I'd probably go refried. Yeah, refried. Refried. With that um with that three cheese blend on it. And okay. Maybe some okay. um enchilada sauce on there. Okay. Um and then since I'm keeping it with the Hispanic thing, we gotta go with the corona. Corona with lime. A corona beer. Corona. Like a bottled? Yeah, a bottled oh corona. duh bottled. I mean why draft is a good deal. I feel like which draft, one am I getting more of? <laughs> At that point, it's quantity. I'm gonna be dying. I mean, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you like a good uh like a good pint. Good old pint. Oh yeah, I, I, I'll do that then. Draft like a, it like yep. a lime on the side, you know, squeeze it and oh, drop man. it in there. Yeah, that would probably be my last meal. What about you? What would your last meal be? That's not gonna be my question. I'll find something. My else. last <laughs> meal, I would say, baby back ribs. A half half rack of baby back ribs. Okay. Okay. Um, those Texas Roadhouse rolls. Oh. A basket of those. Oh. A basket of Texas. I made the wrong decision. <laughs> a basket of Texas Roadhouse rolls. I want some Spetzel. For all you ladies and gentlemen out there who do not know what Spetzel is, it is German noodles with gravy and mushrooms on it. Yeah. It is the most delicious thing you'll ever I mean, eat. I'd like some noodles with gravy, but I don't need that mushroom. I, I mean, that mushroom. <laughs> Spetzel, and then I'm going to have red cabbage, another good old German food. Red cabbage, and let's say I will have a yingling draft oh, yingling's beer. good, too. I'll have a yingling draft. Wait, dark or the light? I like the dark. Dark, yeah. I, like I do dark like the dark. Yingling. Dark yinglings are so much better. Very good. The lager yingling. Nice. They're, they're both. They're both good. They're both I think, good. I think we're both eating good before we die, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna die. It better be good. <laughs> Very good. It better be top. And you notch. got your German heritage in there. <laughs> yes. Got to have my beer. Nice. With all of the changes that are going on in the country right now, with the COVID nineteen. Okay. Tell me some of the benefits and some of the downfalls of it. Are we talking about like the current? current time all the way from how it's changed your work life to personal life how you think that it, it has been good and how it has been it bad has, it has definitely changed the way i it, it has changed my daily task i guess you could say for what i mean i can say for once i'm actually saving more money a lot more money now because nice. i would go out Fridays and Saturdays, you know, I'm going to go eat good. I'm going to go buy that new video game. I'm going to go do this and that. And now I'm, I'm saving a lot more money than I would be, which is good. I mean, our economy is kind of in the toilet right now. but So invest in stock while you can. Sponsored by the <laughs> New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> but what we I was, should, uh, We're begging for our sponsors on here. New like, York by stock. the way, I'm vaping vape wild. <laughs> Goldman Sachs. <laughs> You heard me out there, <laughs> but it is, it has changed. Um, I'm not spending as much money as I would be. I'm, honestly, I'm going from the place I reside and live to work every day. That's usually just what I do. Like tomorrow I have to go get my car worked on a little bit at a, at a place. But other than that, 
I'm not making extra trips. You know, I might go to the grocery store to buy food here and there to help out. But other than that, I'm saving a lot more money and I'm not going out. I'm not doing, I'm mostly home and work. That's all I do. So that's kind of the good is the saving the money. How has it been bad? How's it been bad? It's kind of fallen in. I know for a lot of you poor people out there who've lost your jobs and are unemployed currently, life sucks. You're getting cabin fever. I understand. Cabin fever is a bitch. And you want to get out. You want to go to work. You want to do stuff. And But for me, it's like same shit, different day. Right. That's That's life for me right now. So do you think that your adaptiveness as a person and adaptiveness that you might have learned in the military help you with this? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Because I've had to deal with plenty of bullshit in the military. Which I love the military. But, like, there's a saying, you know, hurry up and wait. When you need to be at a place, like, at, let's say, 1400, 2pm, we're getting there at zero nine hundred nine in the morning, and we're gonna sit here and wait until it's 1400. We're going to sit here and you're going to all going to stand at the position of attention. And that's all you're going to do for hours and hours. You may be able to go to the bathroom. Maybe. For the people out there, that is five hours in advance. Yeah. When um, in basic military training, when you first have to take your first drug test, when you arrive, I had to stand out in the freezing cold for four hours holding my piss. And all I did was stand there. Oh. And people complain about needing to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, try standing out in the freezing snow <laughs> right? when it's 11 o'clock at night and you have to get up at 0400 the next day and then tell me you have to pee and that you're tired. Yeah, I so, get that. That's... So it's definitely prepared you for this pandemic to an yes. extent. I mean, obviously yes. you aren't like, I wanted I'm ready zombie. for it. I but... wanted zombies, but they gave me a fucking virus, so... <laughs> You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. That's what my kindergarten I just told wanted me. to raid Roll King and shoot some zombies. Roll King, are you listening? <laughs> Roll King sponsoring. Uh, man, that'd be cool to be sponsored by a random company like that, wouldn't it? That would be. Okay, I have a question for you. All right. This is a religious kind of question. Let's go. I like religion. If you are a god. A if god? If you are a god, we're going multiple gods. Okay. If you are a god, what would you do to this world right now? How would you shape and change this world? What would you implement? So, in D&D, as DM, you are pretty much a god. You can make the world whatever you want. You're a third-person um, god. Right. Because you, 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 you are What I'm saying is, the, is the only reason why I brought that up is because I am um, bringing up the point that I have had this mindset. Okay. Now, let me go to the one god that we believe in for a second. Okay. I don't know how he's doing. I really don't know how he's dealing with us you right now. You know what? My, I would have already smited the hell out of this My earth. opinion, this is one of my religious viewpoints. The reason I, I don't like when people say, personally, God save us from this. God do this. God do this. Well, God gave us a brain for a reason. Mm-hmm. God wants us to kind of solve our own problems too, to show how initiative we are, to show how intelligent we are as a race, the human race, and how we can solve our own problems right and that's what i appreciate with god he kind of lets us do what we need to do we have that free will we have the free will and that's a big thing 
yep. is that free will and we can influence what we do, whether with other nations or with the current pandemic. We, we will solve this mm-hmm. because God, God has faith in us that we can do it. But to add on to that, too, I really hate the fact that people will sit there and say they're not religious and then ask God for help when a situation comes down. Well, I that, hate that. That boils down to the, the want and the need. Like, I need this, God. Please give me this. I want this. But right. I'm not giving anything to you. Exactly. And that makes me more mad than anything. So mm-hmm. if I was God, I would have already smited us. Um, if I was a God, what I would change on this earth, I think I would get an extensive amount of compassion and shove it into every human being. What? What? I'm going to have to stop you right there. Uh What happened to free will? Well, here's the thing. You you were talking about what I would change. And I think what the biggest issue is, is people don't see both sides of the coin when they look at a situation. So you wronged me in some way, right? I run you over with the car. (laughs) Okay. Well, we didn't have to go that extreme, (laughs) but okay, I get hit by you with the car. I'm going to be pissed at you. I'm going to understandably. I'm going to be really upset. But what I would do afterwards is take into account why would he do something like that? Why would he hit me with the car? I'm very compassionate in the sense of I don't look at myself. I look at everyone else and then fall where I'm in that sense. Okay. This is why I use so much logic. And when I see a problem, I have to solve it. I have to figure out both sides on why. Whenever... Let's say a breakup happens, right? Between two of my friends, a breakup happens. See, that that's very... It, it, when it comes to breakups, it's very situational on what happened. Right. But I'm not going to choose one side ever. I'm going to listen to both sides. Yeah, I might have my own personal opinion. We all have our biases. Right. But I'm going to listen to both sides because I need to know both sides of the, the coin. Yeah. So that's how I look at, you hit me with your car. Well, why did you hit me with your car? I was drunk driving. You fa- okay, that one's a little ridiculous. I'm not going to like you back. But what I'm saying is, why'd you get drunk? And then we found out, oh, well, yada, yada. My he wife had and a- kids left me. Right. And now, yeah, I'm still mad at you. Yeah, we're not going to be like buddies afterwards. Bro, you but- want to drink one of these beers I got in my car? <laughs> but now that I understand both sides, I can picture it different. I think a lot of people don't do that, and that is why we have that stronger power of greed, that stronger power of these emotions that we don't need. And I think that's why we turn away. That would be what I would change. What I would love is all of my, especially if I was the God or a God, all of that I created, I want them to get along. That would be my biggest thing. Whether they worshiped me or not, at least they're getting along. Now I can see where they're, you know what I'm saying? Conflict is human nature. Conflict. No, it's free con- will and greed. Which I guess breeds into conflict. Because if, like greed, we, we've talked about this extensively. Yes, a bunch greed of times. Greed is inherently, I believe, you're, it's, it's programmed into you from birth. Yeah. Because as a child, you see something and you want it, it's mine, it's mine. Right. And we all have that. I agree. I agree, but so it's inherently born. Like, let's say a nation goes to war with another because they have oil, and our nation needs oil. You know, right? And I, I see that, that's, but that's, that would be the one thing I would want to change if I was a god is to make people want to instead of, well, I'll take this and you take that blow, and like then we share. go to war. 
share, bring that together, or see both sides. Now I get it, some are a little bit more stingy, but I'm hoping that if you've seen both sides better, that you would not be as stingy. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't be as grateful because yeah. you would understand that, well, little Timmy is just starving because they cannot provide for Timmy that you would be willing to provide. Or understand why he's acting out because he's not getting fed or he's not being treated right that you would give that nurture. I think that's what we miss the most when it comes to this. And if I was a God, I would want to give those emotions. I think a lot of people need more sympathy and empathy compassion. and compassion. Altogether, just compassion. It's actually, um, I want to get a tattoo and one of the things that is going to be a symbol on it would be compassion because I think it's huge. I think compassion, loyalty, um, selflessness, and um, I forgot the other one. There's four of them. But I'm going to have them on a cross on my wrist tattooed through um, the double infinity sign, making mm -hmm. a cross through double infinity. And on the ends of the brackets, I want to put the letters to symbolize that that's how I need to live my life. I need to live my life selfless. I need to live my life compassionate. I need to live my life loyal. Those are the big components that are going to make me a better person, I think. I don't think I'll do anything extensive like that one question you asked me about what are the two things you would tell God to get into heaven. Well, I don't I know just, if I'll I ever reach that. that. Oh, it's a, it's a very good question. question. But what I'm saying is, is I don't know if I'll ever get to that point where I make that one big difference. But... Just smiling at someone every day can make them feel appreciated. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I would want to do that for anyone I see. Unless well, you have completely wronged me. Did you see the, this is kind of off topic, did you see the story of the the man who, he walked from, the, from his house to the Golden Gate Bridge, it was 13 miles, and he said if one person would have waved at me, or if one person would have smiled at me, I wouldn't have jumped off the bridge, because he... Uh, tried attempted to commit suicide, suicide and no one would not one person in 13 miles waved or smiled at him and he jumped off the bridge and he, he survived to tell the story obviously but, obvi obviously <laughs> but he that's what he stated afterwards but no that's one their way that would or be me. that would be my biggest accomplishment is knowing that i got someone out of that dark state and mm -hmm. that's why i want to keep that like i said the loyalness the compassion the selflessness i keep repeating these because i want to think of the last one i can't think of it. Is it honesty <laughs> trustworthiness yeah, are, actually, are, honest trustworthiness is probably it. I don't know. It's the four things that I live by, and also, it's it's what you need in a relationship too. You need to have that selflessness, that compassion, that loyalty. And yeah, I think it was trustworthiness. Maybe it was honesty. One of the two. One of the two. They mean the same. <laughs> it's essentially, almost the same thing. Oh, we're going to do another segment. You have more questions, right? Yes. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. We are right back at it. How's your all's day going? Mine's been going pretty good so far. Now you just sound a little bit creepy. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Okay. Cool cats and kittens. So, hashtag of this episode. <laughs> is is it my go or your go? Uh, it's it's your go. You have to ask me a question because I asked if you were a god. What would you change? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Man, that was a long conversation. Um, all right, so, hmm, all right, you really like politics. I'm deeply, deep in, in politics. politics, and you love the whole 
I mean, you get real in-depth into it. What really got you into politics to begin with? So what really got me into politics was my family. So in my family, I would say we are – most of us are centrist moderates. You know, we're, we're, we agree with both the Democratic and Republican parties on certain aspects. I have a select few family members who you could classify as strict liberal – and strict conservative. So I loved being at you know Thanksgiving table and seeing everyone get into it and talk about policies and talk about you know foreign diplomats and talk about the economic things going on. But I've always been told at the dinner table you're not supposed to bring yes. up politics or religion. Yes, <laughs> and my family brings both of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that really fascinated me in the running of the government and different positions of I guess you could say almost power and really fascinated me and how we as human beings connect with each other and interact. That's, that's what really got me into politics. I, I love politics. So, uh, so you said that you, I mean, it might just be the viewers that you're talking to about feeling on both sides. If yes. you were to go to vote, who would you vote for? Would you be more conservative or more liberal or, and it why? It depends on the person. Depends on the person. I, I despise people who vote straight ticket in my opinion i don't like people who vote straight ticket i like to actually watch the way you know how people talk i like to listen to their policies and thoughts i like to know like learn about them as a person and i like to actually like have a connection to politicians to where i know more about them and know like what they're actually like cut through the shit and see what they're all about and i I really enjoy it. So that. you like break it down into like a science type thing. Yeah, you're on. I like a political science. Political science in a sense to where I like to know the person and what their true beliefs are and what kind of economic policies are they going to put in place. How are they going to help me in life? Because if I'm voting them as president, what are they going to do that I'm going to appreciate or that I believe in as well? Well, I've heard a lot of arguments that the president doesn't really have power. What do you think on that? Well, you know, you got the the three branches, you know. And it's all about checks and balances. The president has power to an extent, but it always has to be kept in check by Congress. Okay. To make sure, because, you know, our founding fathers did not want a dictatorship. They wanted to be able to keep in check that we did not have an authoritarian head figure of state to where they would be in charge and completely be a king. Like a dictator. A, a king or dictator. Or a monarch, yes. yeah. Okay. A monarch. Um, what do you think about... Our president, as of now, with not not just everything that he's done, but mainly with everything that's going on with the COVID, do you think that he reacted in the right way? Do you think that he's doing things wrong? How would you, if you were the president right now, what different things would you have done that he's done? Okay. One thing, I'll name a few things. Something I feel like Trump definitely did wrong, in my opinion was blatantly coming across as putting maybe the threat down when this first began and downplaying the series of events that could have been, like, there there could have been more preventative measures taken, in my opinion. But I understand where he was coming from of not wanting to scare the American people, not wanting to have the market crash. But in a sense, a lot of people do like straightforward honesty. And I feel like he could have done a better job of maybe relaying it in a more calm sense to where these are the facts. 
this is what we know and this is what we could have changed. I feel like he's doing a good job, a better job now, especially with Mike Pence and the like the coronavirus um, team. I feel like they're doing a better job and they're actually getting a lot more done than, than the very beginning when this virus first began. And I feel like overall it's, it's a decent job. It could have been better in the beginning. It was rocky because I feel like it was downplayed. Do you think that's also another reason um, that when it does become more dramatic like it has been now with, I mean, at our work we get our temps checked, we have to wear a mask all day. Do you think that him easing us into this bettered us? Or how do you think that he could have just dramatically changed our lives and it helped? I, I feel like stricter social distancing in the beginning would have helped. I, I understand from an economic standpoint that with when you, if you don't have business, you're not there's no profits being made, you know, taxes is not going to the governments, either that be local or federal. And, you know, we're not making any money. But I feel like I don't know. That it's a it's a complex question. I'm just trying to pick your brain. I think he's done an excellent job. I think what you said about the beginning, yeah, he could have done maybe more. Um, But at the same time with what we have found out recently, which I don't know if you've read, that apparently Mm -hmm. the stats that they've heard has been wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the time of action that he did was with the time that he had. Okay. So I, I agree and disagree, I guess you could say. I mean, I don't really know much more that he could do earlier. You know, I mean, he did that travel ban, and I remember in the news people are like, why is he doing this already, blah, blah, blah. It's not that big of a deal. Well, then experts are saying that that helped millions See, of people not get it. There was one thing wrong with the travel ban, in my opinion. What's that? It was Americans were allowed back. And if you were related to people in our, you know, in, in the United States from, and you were in Wuhan, let's say, you were allowed to come back as well. And other people, I'm not saying we should have left Americans over there, right? But more people got to come over, and I'm 90 percent sure there was a three day window for that, and more people came over, as well as the European travel ban was instituted a little later. Right. Than the China travel ban. And by that time, a lot of the of people from China, not quote-unquote immigrated, but they went to Europe, and then people came from Europe over to, like, New York City. Like they snuck through and then came not, over. I wouldn't say necessarily yes and no. Yes and no. Yes well, and no. I didn't mean it in a, a sneaky way, yeah. like in a, yeah. you know, but they kind of... To get to their home, mm-hmm. they went from a place to a place to yeah. a place to get there. And, okay. Uh, they were doing some tests on patients in New York, and they found that most of the virus in New York originated from European travelers coming over because they caught they had caught the virus in Europe, came to America, and then that spread the virus spread in it. New York City because you know New York is a hub for people coming in from Europe. Okay. I just wanted to pick your brain on some yeah, of it. Yeah. Cause I, I, I find it fascinating. I enjoy it. See, I, 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 I 
check out a lot of different sources of my own and I try to figure out the whole story, which of course sometimes you ain't going to find the whole story. But like it seems like the experts say that with the time frame he had and with the knowledge we had, because a lot of knowledge was hidden from him, he's done pretty well. But to also see your side of the view really helps kind of collect it all together. Also, you mentioned economy a bunch in there. Yes. Do you think that him being an original businessman is another reason why he's tried to strategically not crash the market? Yes and no. Trump has had successful businesses and has had failure businesses. But I think that's that's about everyone. You know, we all have our ups and downs, our goods and bads. But I think I think it did give him a foot up because he had a general idea of how markets work and how businesses are run. So, so I he think that helped him. Knows how far we can drive us toward the ground without crashing, in a sense. Yes and no, but another thing, most Americans are scared that we're going to open the economy. We're going to open everything up too quickly, which I understand. I can see that. I can guarantee you, if everything opened up tomorrow, I'm continuing to do what I do now. I'm not going to go to the movies. I'm not going to go get a haircut, even though I want one desperately. I'm probably <laughs> going to do a bowl cut at home or some shit like that. But um, my wife cuts hair and my mom cuts hair, so just giving a shout out to them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but I think I, most Americans want to continue to not hunker down per se, but very slowly kind of edge out. Okay, so I've read a lot of feeds on like Twitter and stuff where people are like, I cannot wait for this quarantine to be lifted so I can yep. go out and party, club, blah, blah, blah. Understandable. We're let's all, say we you know, lift that. And you wanna let's say out. we lift it two weeks from now, right? Okay. Someone's so symptomatic, do you think that the spread would be even worse if we opened up right now? We are most definitely going to have a second wave, in my opinion. Second wave? We are most definitely. So now, even if we flatten listen, the curve though, as small as we can, we're still going to have. Listen, though. With what the knowledge we have now, and if we can get this testing even further, I feel like we'll have a much tighter grip on the control of the situation. But inevitably, I feel like another wave. Another wave's come. coming. Like Dr. Fossey was saying, it's most likely inevitable. That it's probably sense. going to happen. And com- and also a really good point was made where, in you know, when it gets towards wintertime, we're going to have the COVID nineteen and the flu circulating. And it's going to be very hard to distinguish what is which what. Is which, but yep. when we, if we get this testing even further, we're going to definitely be able to establish what you have, if you're contagious, what what we can do from here. And I feel like we're going to be a lot better off. How long do you think that this will last? In your own personal opinion. In my own personal opinion, <clears throat> I feel like this could go until we get a vaccine in a year, year and a half. Or I feel like this could be the new the new flu circulating around. I know it wouldn't be fast, obviously, but do you think that humans can adapt to fight off coronavirus? Yes, well, it's called herd immunity. Right. And herd immunity is where enough of the population, at least 60%, has caught the virus and has become developed antibodies to be able to fight it off. The reason I asked is because it kind of was segmenting into um, another thing I want to bring up. I read that oxygen levels that was in our atmosphere before our bodies were able to completely eradicate viruses diseases and stuff like that and i didn't know if well i mean not as many people are out now our 
oxygen levels have got to go up. Do you think that within five years that we won't get coronavirus or it ha- or it would have to <clears throat> mutate or not mutate? It would have to adapt to hit us well, just that's as hard. One thing I do want to tap on, most people are at home, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, that's going to use fuel. That's going to use coal. That's going to use other energies to produce even more because if you're on that Xbox all day, or if, you know you have the thermostat or whatever on that takes electricity and we have to produce that somehow and we're not a completely solar country so we got to burn fossil fuels we got to burn coal True. and that's going up into the atmosphere i mean cars so do you're produce saying it's a lot not of going any lower except for maybe the car pollution yeah i would say oh, okay, I what you're saying. car pollution would be down as for emission wise but i think being at, people being stuck at home we're using even more electricity than we would be because you know I'm going to go to work, I'm turning all the lights off, I'm turning everything off, but if me being home all day with my children, and they're going to want to watch TV or play video games, and I'm going to be working on the laptop at home, or whatever, we're using more electricity, which just cause more emissions. In the I atmosphere. could see that too, okay. Just thought I'd pick your brand a little bit more to make my question seem better, since I didn't prepare. <laughs> it was a pretty good question. I'll give you that. That was, that was a very detailed It was a... It was a question and a question and a follow-up and a question. And <laughs> Plus, I want to pick your brain. That's this why. is a, it's another job question. All right. Hit me with it. No, 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 no. Wait, no. I scratched scratch that. This is, a, this is a fun, interesting question. Ooh, fun. I like fun. If you had to go back to any point in history <sighs> with one item and you would not be able to come back, to our timeline, what would it be and why? And you can't choose time machine. You can't choose time travel. You're stuck in this era. So I'm stuck in whatever era. You choose whatever era I choose, with one item. Huh. Okay, I don't like this one. <laughs> is it? Is it interesting? It's interesting. It. It's like I, I have two answers. Like, I have a fuckboy answer, and then I have, like, a really straight, like, I don't know. I'm bringing some Versace cologne <laughs> and Versace having cologne. middle-aged ladies all over me. No, like, I mean, you're talking one item, though. If I take my vape pen, I can't charge my batteries. I'll allow you to have a charger. <laughs> okay. But where are you going to get the electricity from? Well, then I wouldn't have to go that far back. Let's see here. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be really cool to blow some minds, though, with something simple. I would go, let's see. Well, first off, I would just look up an era that's not that far back and just create something before it and then just become rich. Become a multi-million. Yeah, like, I mean. Create penicillin and instead of giving it to the population, sell it. Yeah. Even though it makes you an asshole. I mean, but now I am an asshole that can take care of my family a lot better. But you, you don't have your family. Oh, that you is true. I have nothing. You have no one. None of your family's even been probably created. Well, they've been, you know, generations have been born, but you are your own starting generation. Let's go back to 1970, the 70s. Where? It's not that far back. It's not. It's not. But back in the 1970s, you know, you got that whole, like, Peace and love, no war, guys. So you got the best drugs. You got the best clothing, the best outfits. Clothing's the, <laughs> What? Them bright colors? That the was 80s dope. Was trash. After the, the 80s were trash. Like, 80s was just like... 
Okay, eighties big hair was terrifying. Disco needs to die. But no, you leave disco <laughs> alone. Disco needs to die. Um, but no, I, I think seventies would be interesting, especially if I was stuck there, because I've always told people I wish I was born in like nineteen sixty two. That way I could have been in my teenage years during the seventies with the bright colors and the cool stuff, and then in the eighties I really liked the well, music you, you would in the eighties. Like experience the Vietnam War on television. Yep, you stuff get, like you that. Get to see that. But as for the item I would bring back to the 70s, would be killed and you'd be able to be born during that time. I don't know what I would bring. I guess just my computer. I think that'd be kind of cool. People didn't have computers back in the 70s. I think it'd be easier for me to get a lot of media out early to where right now I'm trying to get supporters on my podcast, but I already have people be like, dude, this guy's on the radio. (laughs) 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 On my own thing. Um,. But if I if I had to go straight fuckboy, it'd be funny to go back to where, you know, way back when when guns weren't created and just shoot things. That would be fun. Well, you have one one magazine. Only one magazine? Yeah. But that's all I need. You could have a 21-round magazine okay. with a handgun. Okay, that's fine. 21-round magazine with a handgun. All I got to do is shoot 20 people to get my dominance. You got one for yourself in case things are south. There you go. <laughs> We're going to be straight Hitler up in here. There you go. Go back to that time and shoot him before he came in power. Think about it, though. History has a way of repeating itself. There's a book by Stephen King that I absolutely love. Which is? 1964. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But it's where JFK lives. And he does not get assassinated. That completely alters time in a bad way. In a bad way? Completely changes the whole world in a bad way. He He should have died. And that changed the world. No, I don't think JFK should have died. That's, that's no, no, this <laughs> is the point, though. I know. But thing is, if you kill Hitler as a child, let's say you kill him as a child, right? Did you know a priest was walking by, and Adolf Hitler was swimming one day, and he started to drown, and the priest saved him? Well, one priest made a mistake. There was a, in World <laughs> War One when he was in the front lines, he got shot in the crotch, and a British soldier was standing over him, and he refused to kill him. He... Took away his We're talking rifle. about Hitler? Yes. He was standing over Adolf oh, Hitler. Oh, well now we can all feel bad for him. He got shot in the crotch. Poor guy. I'd probably go nuts too. Yes. <laughs> I'd probably try yes. to create the but perfect race after that. You done did lost is, my though, giblets. I feel like history made him survive all those events. Like, somehow. Well, that's true because it had to come It had to come about. Because if, yeah, it had to come about. And that's another thing. Or, ready for me to blow your mind? Okay. What if there's time travelers making sure that he lived because we are on the right track? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, think of all those scenarios where he could have died, but he had to do what he did. Well, there's another concept that even if you would have killed, if you kill, uh, like, if you killed Adolf Hitler, there would just be another person with a different name. There's some conspiracy about that. Maybe then it would actually be Hitler. Things happen. Like, uh, Nostradamus said. Mm -hmm. Off by one letter. It's fascinating. It is. I'm going to a whole segment on that, too. I think we're going to have you guest star a lot. <laughs> I am now a permanent resident, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have to change it from uh, Jesse Rich to Kaiser Jesse. I get a promotion. <laughs> you get a promotion. And paid. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Ooh, never mind. <laughs> you already got your pay raise. You good. <laughs> It's called me making you soup. <laughs> oh, <anyway. laughs> huh? 
paid in dinner. You did get dinner from me today. I did get dinner. That's adequate. That's, <laughs> That's adequate. adequate. That's an adequate pay. Hey, if I could pay you in food, that means I'm doing you just as good <laughs> as I do my wife and kids. <laughs> um, Ask me a question. Oh, shit. I'm starting to run. Okay. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? If I could be any animal, I would be... That's a tough one. I would be a bald eagle. Bald eagle? Because it is illegal to shoot a bald eagle in America. <laughs> that is a crime. And it, bald eagles basically have no natural predators. Plus, I could fly. I think I would live a pretty good life. I'm basically worshipped by the American people. So, There's that pride in you now. <laughs> There's the pride. And also, being able to fly would be amazing. I feel like that'd be such a, a glorious thing to be able to feel. I'm good. I don't, I don't want to do it. Well, I guess if I trusted myself to fly, I mean, if you're a different. bird, you have the natural instinct. Right. Now, do I have the brain of a bird, or do I have my human brain? Like, am I, is my intellect different? Like, is, I, in my opinion, most animals probably aren't even conscious that they're living beings, per se. Like, if you understand my meaning. Yeah. So. There's only one animal, I think, that. Dolphins are very self-aware. Yeah. But. That would be what I would be, by the way. When they say bird brain, because they're stupid. Well, like eagles chickens. aren't, though. Eagles, no, and eagles are smart, are smart, but when yeah. I have my intellect, what I have is mm, eagles. I would say probably yours. Then I would definitely be. Definitely be an eagle. I would be a dolphin, no matter what. Just because cool. I did a whole segment on like 69 of their interesting facts, but not only are dolphins extremely intelligent, if I did for some reason lose my intelligence, they're extremely intelligent, they can speak so well to one another, they communicate, they have names, they have personalities, they're fun creatures, they like to play jokes, and they are the only animal species that has sex for fun. Any other animal species that has sex is either well, for dominance or for reproducing. Mm -hmm. Dolphins are the only ones that do it for fun. So I feel like if I was a dolphin, even if I lost some of my intelligence or my thoughts or whatever, I still feel like I would be almost closer to human as I know of now, if that makes sense. Another thing I want to bring up is the sex for fun. Do you think as human beings... Sex feels so good is to ensure that we will reproduce because otherwise sex would be a chore if it didn't feel good. If you understand my meaning, is that like a guarantee to reproduce, you think? So, yes and no. Because um, it is nerve endings and all that. Right. But it's not it, a painful nerve ending is what you're no, saying because yes. it could have been. Because could I've, it have been to where like it's guaranteeing we are reproducing? I think yes. Um, for I mean, because... I've heard, though, it can hurt, um, mainly on the female side, I mean, from what I've heard before. Males have it pretty easy <laughs> Wait, when it yes, comes to that. Yes, 100%. Males, we suck. Mm. <laughs> no, um, go males. <laughs> go males. <laughs> but no, um, me being religious, yeah. I think that God did not want us to go through that pain. He even told us he wanted us to reproduce and have many children. He told us we would never run out of resources that he would provide. So I think that's why it is, to an extent, enjoyable. Because um, I feel that's a guarantee that we will reproduce. Like that That's what guarantees that there will be generations to come. Right. And then 
God also because, as the story goes, Eve ate the forbidden fruit first. He punished them with periods and childbirth, which is supposed to be extremely painful. But we also still have that forgiving God where even though it's extremely painful, ask any woman and they cannot describe fully the pain that they went through while they were going through child labor because they forget that. It is a mm. trigger in our brain, or in their brain, not men. It's a trigger in their brain that shuts off that memory so that they would be willing to reproduce again. Otherwise, you're absolutely right. It would be extremely painful. I have a, I have a comical thing, too. Okay. So in the Old Testament, there's a story. It's about a man who has having sex with his wife. And he has sex, and he pulls out, and it says he spills his seed on the ground. God saw that as wrong and struck him with lightning. Is God saying pull out game ain't good? Like, Okay. <laughs> I actually have an answer for that. Okay. Okay. Yes. In the Old Testament, you're absolutely right. God was a very vengeful God. Mm -hmm. That's why the New Testament is how yeah. it is. Because yeah. us as humans, we cannot help from sinning. Also, it is not wrong to masturbate. And it is not wrong to relieve yourself. That actually causes more issues when you don't. So, like one of our people. Instead, right? So, instead, so not naming instead, any names. Not naming names, but I hope you listen to it. So, I think we would all, at that point, we. I mean, God cannot be fully vengeful because we are still human, mm -hmm. and He loves His creation. Otherwise. All the men there would have been, been another flood too. You would have, yeah, exactly. So, the Old Testament's more of just a history lesson of yeah, how vengeful yeah. the God was, and then how the New Testament change. is how we're supposed to be looking and how we're supposed to be. It, it's in a sense like a forgiveness tale. In a yes. Sense. And so, yeah, that that's how I would answer that question. Is, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if he would be like, look, I told you not to do this, kapow. <laughs> but, no, I, I think because the way God is now in the sense of, he wanted to forgive us because he loved us. That that's why you can go ahead and have your pullout game, Kaiser. <laughs> All I gotta say is that is yee <laughs> yee yee. <laughs> oh man, you got any more? Qu oh, yours or me? Yeah, it's your go. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm no, no wait, I did the animal one. Wait, no, then you did. Yeah, I did the animal one, and then we were talking about having sex oh. for fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could live as a non-playable character, not the protagonist, in any video game, what would it be and why? A non-playable character? Like, you take Skyrim, for example, as a, like, be a farmer or someone who lives in a castle. Like, if you could play a non-playable character in a video game. Well, okay, I'm going to choose a little bit on your prideness side there. I'd still want to be, you know, kind of badass. But at the same time, I don't want to be a threat because I don't want to die. I'm a non-playable character. So, I don't know. Well, no, they're probably the first to go. You know what? I'm already working as a security guard. Why not just be a guard for a castle? <laughs> like, okay. you know, I mean, might as well just go stick with like what in, I like know. In, like in an Elder Scrolls world, like Skyrim, for example. To be honest, I don't really know. I don't play many RPGs. I mean, the biggest RPG I play is Dungeons & Dragons. I mean... But you feel like a guard would be a safer... 
I mean, to an extent. I mean, shit, how many guards do you take out when you're playing something like Assassin's Creed? I mean, you got to take them all out and you got to be quiet I mean, about if it. You, if you look at, I know, I don't I don't think you've watched, if you, you know, watched Attack on Titan. I haven't seen that the, yet. Though. Well, there's the, the guards, like if you, when you go through the training and you could be like, a, if you score high enough, you could be a guard at one of the walls and basically the walls end up getting fucked by the Titans and all the guards get eaten too. So it's like, See, that's another thing, though. Guard isn't, because if you really think about it, in a lot of superheroes, the villains are always killing all the guards. Mm -hmm. We're actually in a dangerous job, except for the fact that we're in real life. Yep. And guards are always the first to die. Oh, maybe I shouldn't want to be a guard. Maybe I should just be like, oh, I could use my charisma and just be a salesman. Most of the time, people aren't going to kill salesmen. True. Yeah, maybe that'd probably be my best bet. Like a, like a traveling merchant. Or yeah, like, like a traveling like merchant. A yeah, no, probably a traveling. Well, no, because traveling merchants they think are uh, conniving assholes, and you get more targets on your neck. So I guess yeah. I'd probably be a just one of those town salesmen with a simple skill. Maybe make health potions or something. Yeah, something that people need. <laughs> something like a blacksmith. Something that they weapons. won't kill me for. What's up again, guys? This is Jesse Rich. We had Kaiser here today. We were doing some fun little questions for you Friday drivers. I hope you learned a lot about me and him. Uh, He wants to do a lot more of these. We're going to do some probably theory talks and stuff. It seems like something we're both into. Let's make a poll. If you guys want me back, just hit hit it in the comments. Yeah, throw it on some comments. You know I always throw my Discord on there. But I'll probably come back anyway whether you guys (laughs) like me or not, so I apologize in advance. I'm sneaking in, bitches. <laughs> but, no, always, um, you guys are amazing. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned a lot about me as a person. And definitely check out my other stuff. I do um, Twitch streams. I play League of Legends. You ever play League? I do play League. League is fun. You, is need, fun. you need to party up with me sometime. Uh, as soon as I get a new PC, I will. <sighs> but I'll probably get a new PC not too late. Good. Probably get it within the next month. Get a new PC so we can play. What do you normally play? play like position. Oh, I, I like just going in tank. Tank, so you're top? Mm-hmm. Good, good, perfect. We could definitely balance that with me being jungle. So that'd be nice. Just Let's running. Wreck some motherfuckers. Some people. You in the background just shooting arrows and shit, you know. Oh, I could do ADC too. I love ADC. Um, I got this build on Teemo. I cannot wait to try. It's just straight magic penetration it's gonna be nasty so but yeah like i said he'll probably be back uh we're really good buds at work we're also both supervisors on the same shift this asshole here though is on his um friday so he gets the next two days off i'm about to sleep in tomorrow guys i ain't gonna go to work douchebag (laughs) if you are on my twitch i will not be able to do one tomorrow uh for the mere fact that i'm staying over at work there but I'll definitely put in some time Saturday after work to uh, make up for it. Um, other than that, don't forget to tell your friends and family to check me out. Don't forget to hit that support, hit subscribe up on Twitch. And like always, I love y'all. Later. I'll be seeing you all later. <laughs>